Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right. You're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, and a reverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. We got a pretty special episode planned today. Does Grandmaster Dustin want to uh, explain what's going on to the listeners and also to me, fifth grade paddleball champion Steve Van Elk? I saw that. I actually took a screenshot of that so I could just save it in my archives on my phone. Anyways, uh, so we had the incredible Vanessa Joy on the podcast today. Uh, you might have seen her work in such things as the Knot, Rangefinder, PDN, The Bridal Guide, Contemporary Bride. Uh, she's also been online on things such as Creative Live, Adorama TV. Um, she does conferences like WPPI, The Wedding MBA. Um, she's all over the map. And we, Stephen and I, had the great, great privilege of having a sit-down heart-to-heart uh, with her today. Um, so without further ado, Vanessa Joy. I want to take a second to tell everybody about Taylor Brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. A lot of you are winding down your wedding season right now as you head into the winter season. And you're thinking to yourself, I need to rebrand. I need to change something up to bring in more clients. And I can't spend a lot of money on it. Boom. That's where Taylor Brands steps in. Branding doesn't have to be expensive. Taylor Brands was created to help entrepreneurs and small business owners design effective branding materials at a minimal cost while requiring no previous knowledge. Taylor Brands offers easy-to-use automated logo design and brand building services. Their branding platform asks users questions to determine their design preferences. Afterward, their algorithm generates a few logo samples from which users can choose the most fitting to their business and further personalize. With a Taylor Brand subscription, users receive additional assets to complete their brand identity, such as ongoing services to automate their work and make it easier. These services include social posts, Facebook ads, social covers, business cards, presentations, and more. Taylor Brands offers a full branding experience, all you need for the perfect branding at a minimal cost. And why should you trust it? Well, because if you didn't listen to our last episode, Dustin already trusts it, and he's used Taylor Brands to create logos for businesses that he's created in the past. His business right now, Big Burrito, the logo, when he first started out, was made by Taylor Brands. It is the easiest way to get things up and running fast. And here's the thing, just for listeners of this podcast, if you use promo code GETYOURLOGO, you can get 30% off all of Taylor Brands' packages. So I don't know what you guys are waiting for. If you are looking to rebrand, if you're looking to open up a new business, jump on over to taylorbrands.com right now, plug in promo code, get your logo, and get started right away. You're going to love the work they do. Vanessa, are, are you uh, surviving this fall craziness? You know, I'm surviving the fall craziness. It is busy, but the thing I'm most concerned about is the fact that it's already cold here and it's going to snow tomorrow. 
Oh my goodness. I am not ready for snow. No, me neither. I feel like we finally just, my, my bones like finally thawed out from last winter and now it's going to be winter again. Yeah. This has definitely been one of the shortest falls of record as far as it went from summer to winter in two weeks here. It really did. Yeah. Not much different here. Plus all the leaves changed colors really, really fast. And so you couldn't get any of those uh, fall photos that all your clients want. I didn't get any. I got none. I have zero yellow trees in any of my photos. I'm a little bit upset about that. And the leaves are just like gone by this point. We had like one week where all the trees on our street turned red. And then Jen and I had to leave halfway through the week to go to California for our wedding. And we got back. It's just brown leaves on the ground. It's terrible. Uh, Awful. One rainstorm. That's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you need to invest in some like artificial fall trees and (laughs) just like put those like in your backyard. And then you'd be like, you know, all those other photographers out there, like they can't shoot fall photos right now, but you come over and do some mini sessions in my house. I got fall leaves for days. That's right. Year round fall photos. Fall photos in the summer. Who needs, who needs pine trees and evergreen trees and you can get fall trees. Just spray paint those pine trees. (laughs) Deep red. Uh, That'd be perfect. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So one thing that I guess I've been the most excited about uh, when following your work is not only like just like how transparent you are with like how you do things, um, but your like dusk sunset photos and like how you utilize off-camera flash to do those. I mean, it's not like your traditional like just close up with a little bit of pink in the sky behind them. It's like a scene. It's like a movie still. (laughs) Um, And that's, I guess, as Steve and I both kind of dabble in video, I guess that's why I'm just like drawn to these photos. And I just wondered if you could just kind of quickly like talk about like how you got started doing those or if that was just sort of like a, if it's something that you creatively try to do at every wedding or like how that kind of works into your process. So I definitely try to do it at every wedding and it's part of my process because I wanted to have a scene that was actually a really good way to explain it because I wanted to have a scene, something that later they can go, wow, that needs to go across a full album spread for sure. And probably on like a 30 by 40 canvas too. Easily. Minimum 30 by 40. Minimum. I mean, I'm going for full wall murals, but I haven't had anyone (laughs) (laughs) agree to that larger than life stuff. (laughs) You just need to start adding to your package that you have a wall mural installation expert that can come into your house <laughs> yep. and install it. This needs to be plastered all over your bathroom. <laughs> like, I saw a good billboard on on my way to your house today. Like, I think that this would go great there. You should inquire about advertising. You know, your love deserves to be shown to the world. <laughs> I just want I just want you to, you know, to brighten your day up on your way to or from home mm-hmm. and with a, you know, life-size wedding photo, bigger than life-size wedding photo. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a goal. We'll get there. <laughs> so, so how do you kind of work the sunset element into like your com- your communication and like your expectation setting? Um because like obviously I think everyone tries to incorporate sunset or dusk or like golden hour into their wedding day somehow some way so i i talk about it ahead of time all my consultations i'll mention just in the layout of the day we're going to do this 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 and then you know by the reception i'm not going to bug you unless you want a really good sunset or nighttime photo so i preface it there and i mean most of my clients are like oh my gosh yes i want a sunset photo i want a nighttime photo maybe because they've seen it on my instagram 
The thing that I find the most difficult is that sunset always occurs when the cocktail hour is transitioning into the reception and mm -hmm. all the intros are happening and the best man just drones on for six and a half hours about, <laughs> I don't know, some embarrassing story. And I'm just watching the sun go down and go down and be gone while he's still talking. So that's the biggest element I fight is just the timing Timing, aspect yeah. of it because it's always during that transition and like intros first dance parents dances and all that just because the hall typically looks at that and they want people to enjoy both daytime cocktail hour or evening and then into night uh, assuming it's a nighttime wedding and not a day wedding so i fight that a lot what i've worked around it i haven't i don't stress about it anymore i'll tell them like we want a nighttime or sunset photo but if it doesn't work then we can do a nighttime photo and that I use um, gels on my flash so that I can create more of like a bluer background, a bluer nighttime background. And that helps to make it look a little bit more magical than just a black sky. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, and it helps and they like it. So, and I also set up all my lights and stuff beforehand. I don't drag them outside with my lights while I'm getting all my settings. I go out there, set it up, tell my assistant to run back and get them. They come out, they're there, three minutes are done. So what, what kind of, I know Steve hates it when I get all nerdy and techy, but, um, <laughs> I did notice, uh, I did notice that you're, uh, you like to use the pro photo stuff. I do. They are they're the whole reason why I even do so much off camera flash because I tried, I tried my little heart out when I was using pocket wizards and radio poppers on speed lights and, it just wasn't consistent. I couldn't get the TTL consistent. I can, I mean, misfires like crazy or freakish problems that, I mean, no troubleshooting manual would even have in there. I had, I once had, it's hot in New Jersey. It gets really humid in the summer. I once had my speed light pushed up to my, the pocket wizard receiver and the, the piece in between there of the two things, it's like this little cushion. Mm -hmm. It melted down in front of oh Oh, of the and I'm like, why isn't this firing? I turn it on. I change the batteries. I recycle like everything. And I'm like, let me just look at this. And it had melted down. So I was so defeated trying to learn it and just not understanding it. And every class I had gone to, it was all about, you know, inverse square law and ratios and blah, 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 blah. Did we lose her? Where did you lose me? Where do you want me to? Uh, you were talking fun? about going to workshops, inverse square law. All right. Do you want me to just pick up from there? Sure. It, right. I was fascinated. <laughs> so going to all these workshops and trying to figure it out. And then with the new pro photo system, you just, you don't need to know it in order to get your feet wet in it. And I think you should know ratios and you should know how everything works and all of that, but it's just so overwhelming when you're a photographer who primarily shoots with natural light and you want to advance yourself and you want to start using off-camera flash, it, I love the barrier to entry. It's just so much lower with Profoto. And, you know, those little things like melting melting parts aren't happening. It, it just works. And it's, it's such a relief. And now I use it all the time. I absolutely adore Profoto. And the new B10 that just came out, uh, it's incredible. It's so fun. So do you just have like a cage of Profoto stuff? I really do. I have like a pro photo stash because I also shoot in the studio. So I have my D ones also. It is not cheap, but there's a reason for that. It's kind of like 
I, I mean, the new B10 that came out, it's as expensive as your iPhone is. So it's really not that bad when you think about it. It's just all about your priorities. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, you're not going to have to replace it or something wrong with it. You know, the stellar customer service is unparalleled and you're going to have it forever. Yeah, but now my iPhone does have a flashlight on it. So do I really need the B10? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the same price, right? That's true. I don't know if you know, but the B10 actually works with your iPhone too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't yeah, know you that. Can actually, you can actually trigger an LED when you're taking a photo on your iPhone. Nice. Do you have the A1 as well? I do. Yeah, I, I have the whole arsenal. It all works together. Seamlessly. Do you prefer the A1 to the B10 though? See, like when the B10 was announced, and we're really nerding out for the listeners out there, but... <laughs> Um, so pro photos, a one is the equivalent to like their, their flash, like their speed light. And the B10 is sort of a hybrid of a, would you say it's a hybrid, like kind of somewhere in between bridging the gap of the speed light and like a full on strobe. I think it really replaced their B2 is what it did. And it's smaller. It's definitely never meant to be on camera, but it's almost as powerful, like another stop powerful or less powerful than the B1. So it's, it's taking super powerful strobe and just putting in a really small package. Very travel friendly from what I've seen. Super travel friendly. So now the A1, that's, that's what I'm like on the trigger. Like that's what I'd like to get. I think as soon as they release a Sony version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they have that coming out soon because they have, they have that technology. They have Sony triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be because we're on the fence of switching to Sony from Nikon. And but like there just doesn't seem like a great flash solution for Sony yet. No, not yet. And so that's why we're like, ooh, this would be the perfect time to go in on the pro photo and on Sony and just kind of one big lose all of our money kind of push. What do you mean gain all the quality? Come on now. (laughs) That's right. I'm sure you can sell the Nikons for something. Something, you know paperweights at this point (laughs) that's not nice nikon is not gonna be happy hearing this (laughs) that's okay they don't sponsor us (laughs) but Profoto, if you're out there and you're listening like we'd love a sponsorship from you guys so (laughs) they're a great company yeah um so to walk me through just kind of the Profoto ecosystem, like how you use it on the day. Like, do you use just the B10 and the A1? I mean, I bring the B1, B10, and two A1s with me the day of. So the A1, I'm usually reserving for uh, the reception, definitely, when it's on camera and then bouncing around. But I will have either the B10 or the A1 out when I'm traveling a lot or it's really windy. So I shoot a lot during the, you know, by the beach or, you know, just by the Hudson River and it's very windy. Well, I'd love sometimes to bring out like the B10 and throw an umbrella on it. Not happening. It's going to end up like Mary Poppins in the sky at any any moment. So I can't can't do that. So my alternate is to use the B10 if I want to have some kind of modifier on it. Uh, If... I don't need a modifier and I don't need a ton of power. Sometimes I'll just whip out the the A1, but the A1 is much less powerful and it doesn't have modifiers like, you know, the B10 takes all the the OCF modifiers that Profoto has. So just, it's very circumstantial. It's very, you know, what do I need right now? What's the environment like? You know, how much time do I have? Even if it wasn't windy, do I have time to throw my B1 on a stand and put it there or do I not? Mm -hmm. So when you're doing those epic sunset scenes, 
and you're using the, your various off-camera arsenals, like in order to get like the best quality of light, you want the light as close to the subject as humanly possible. Ideally, but I'm also not a big Photoshop person. Are you Photoshopping the light out of the scene? Very rarely do I Photoshop the light out of the scene. Typically, I'm, I want to have less Photoshop work, really, is what it is. <laughs> so I will make sure that the light is outside of the scene almost at all costs. Sometimes I can't do it, and that's, that's fine. I'll Photoshop it, but I really try not to. Yeah, okay. Because that's sort of been what one other reason we've been like interested in the pro photo is because of the added strength of the power of the light to be able to pull it back a little bit further. So we're not photoshopping it out of the scene. Like we don't have to because it can be out of the scene. Right. Exactly. Instead of using our little dinky Nikon flashes. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty big difference. I will say that. Um, but you are changing the quality of light. You know, it's, I mean, it's different just pulling it back as opposed to having it, you know, with a nice soft beauty dish or soft box right up on their faces. So right. there's that to consider. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm in that. I mean, in with what you're doing with your your let's call them nightscapes or sunsetscapes. It's like, I mean, it's like you're really pulled back. I shoot all those hopefully with a 50 millimeter or or higher. I don't particularly like shooting with wide angle lenses. I would rather shoot with, um, you know, more compression. I just like the way it looks better. So you're getting like a real workout on the day, just uh, running back away from the couple all the time? Yeah, yeah, totally. Got to do it somehow, right? Do you feel like the distance between you and the couple creates any hardships when you're shooting that? Not particularly, because I'm usually having them in some kind of pose and standing still. You know, if I was shooting a little bit more of the photo session, I'm trying to get a lot out of them or pull emotion out of them, then it's going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I want to be at least somewhat closer for explaining all of that. But for the nighttime shot, they're pretty much in a static position because I have to work with the light where it's pointed. They can't really move around a lot. So it's not so bad. And, you know, typical photographer style, I'm just yelling, kiss, look at each other. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It just brings back so many memories of like the same type of scenario where I'm just like yelling at the top of my lungs, like kiss, foreheads together. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and your couple's like, I didn't even see the flashes go off. And you're like, this isn't for the photos. This is just for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, your flash is misfiring because you're not using pro photo. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that sounds about right. So you said a plastic piece melted on a pocket wizard? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Like, I've been thinking about this the whole yeah. time. So Jen and I don't use pocket wizards anymore. My wife, Jen, who I shoot uh -huh. with. Um, but we stopped using them because of the misfires, like you were saying. And we've switched right. over to using, like, the really cheap Yongnuo mm -hmm. triggers because they just don't misfire. <laughs> Um, compared to the pocket wizards, it's really weird. They're Ironically, so much right? cheaper. Um, but I didn't even realize there was like a plastic piece in the pocket wizard that could melt. Like, So maybe, and this was, you know, going back probably six years now, but it was a cushion. So you would put the pocket wizard, it might even been a radio popper. I don't remember which brand it was, but you would mm. put it between, you know, you put the transfer receiver all the way up against the flash and you want it as tight as you can, but the um, in between the two, it's like this little cushion. Mm -hmm. I guess so it doesn't scratch, or it, yeah, I don't know what the actual reasoning is, but it's that little cushion that was attached to there by some sticky substance. <laughs> That's mm. what fell. <laughs> it was just slowly slid down in the Jersey humidity. Man, that's just crazy to me. That sounds lovely. 
isn't it though? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean Canon finally just got into the game of doing internal wireless technology and I'm hoping Nikon has slowly started rolling it out, but oh we'll see. I'm yeah. curious to see how Pocket Wizard stays in business with all these companies going, you know, internal. internal. I that I don't know. They'll figure out something, I'm sure, if they're good entrepreneurs. Time will tell. So you were talking a little bit about just how fast you are with posing. And I wanted to ask you, because our listeners uh, of this podcast, uh, they come to Stephen and I for our fashion advice. Um, (laughs) You know, I don't know if you know this, Vanessa, but we're like the number two rated um, fashion photography podcast when it comes to wardrobe selection on a wedding day. Oh, nice. Good. Um, (laughs) More more Stephen than I. But... um, (laughs) But so maybe you could speak to our female listeners out there, being that you, you know, you're a high-end wedding photographer on the East Coast and you shoot all over. What's like your go-to, you know, looks legit, looks profesh? (laughs) Um, So as far as attire for myself? Exactly, exactly. Uh, So I actually found this dress this year and I ordered a second one. I love it so much. It is on Beta Brand. It's called the No Sweat Cocktail Dress, and it's literally made for photographers. Like a couple of hidden pockets, super stretchy. Doesn't uh, it doesn't ride up? It's comfortable. Nothing falls off in weird places. It, it, it's phenomenal. I love it. I, I do not shoot almost in anything else now. I'm writing this down for my wife. Yeah, Beta Brand, and you'll have to just search in their website. No Sweat Cocktail Dress. And we use promo code Vanessa Joy on that. I I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get those dresses for free. <laughs> what about what about footwear? Are you rocking Doc Martens? What do you got going on? Footwear is the bane of my existence. Right now I have these pair of like lucky black leather booties that I like. But to, to be honest, I hate all, all the shoes that I wear in weddings because I love shoes. I'm a shoe person. I mean, I'm at Rama. I brought two pairs of shoes. It's like ridiculous. But one pair to walk around in, one pair to actually teach in. And so I just, everything I think looks like poo. <laughs> I have yeah. a nice dress on, but I'm wearing like something. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. My wife is currently, she's been rocking the Rothies, I believe they're called. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's, they, they're sort of like a flat with sort of a, I, I know nothing about women's shoes, but there's like her big thing is she doesn't like flats that are rounded. Okay. So like these have a bit of a point to them. So they kind of look like a, like a high heel look, but they're f- like flats and they're, she said they're the most comfortable flats she's been able to find for weddings. Nice. I'll have to look into that because something's got to change. They just don't look good what I'm wearing. <laughs> and they, they, yeah. And they have them in like a bunch of different fun colors and stuff like that. And there's always, obviously, you know, if you want to go sort of a whole different look from the traditional, you know, Cole Haan makes some really, really nice shoes, right, Steve? Oh gosh, no, Dustin, don't, don't <laughs> even do that. No, no, they don't. Um, they, okay. So Cole Haan's, oh, oh. they're like, if you took a Nike running shoe and you took the white sole and then you slapped on like a pair of, uh, like men's Oxfords on top, that's, that's what Cole Haan's typically look like. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the mullet of wedding of a, of business <laughs> shoes. That's so funny. 
they recently released some that Dustin showed me that they actually got like a sole that's the same color as the shoe. So it doesn't like stick out like, hey, I'm running a marathon in these shoes later. In these shoes, yep. <laughs> Which is what you're doing on a wedding day is like you're running a marathon. Yeah, but you don't want to broadcast that. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're at that point, you might as well just get like a pair of black Nikes. That's true. I know a lot of people that do do that. Speaking of which, my wife wears heels antiques on the wedding day. And when we get to the reception, she, if her feet hurt, switches over to a pair of black uh, Adidas running shoes. Oh, there you go. That's a good solution. I thought about doing that with the multiple changes. Because at the reception, we just find it doesn't really matter (laughs) anymore what your shoes look like. Because nobody's looking at you then. But True. Very true. Uh, I'm always looking at everybody's footwear at the reception. So, Steve, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, a lot of times Jen will wait until open dancing to switch into, like, a pair of running shoes because during the, like, toasts, first dances, stuff like that, she's going to be standing out in front of a bunch of guests. But once the dancing starts and, like, she's in the middle of the dance floor, she can switch over to something a little bit more comfortable. There you go. So the listeners might not know this, but you're kind of married to someone not as famous as you, but, like, perhaps... Almost as famous as you, <laughs> Rob Adams from Rob Adams Films. And does he have any like fashion? Like, what does he wear on a wedding day? He does the typical all black. So he'll do a black polo and black slacks. And his shoes, you know, I'm not totally sure his shoes in general, but he, he complains about the shoes as much as I do. You can never find like a good pair that you just like and that are comfortable. There you go, Christmas pair of Cole Hans right there. We just, all black we just, ones, though. Don't get the white black, souls. No, no, definitely not. Wouldn't want people to think Rob has a white soul, you know? <laughs> Especially when it's so far from the truth. <laughs> there you go. So, Vanessa, you're at Adorama today, and you're teaching a class, you said? What is the class that you're teaching? So, I'm teaching a class on speed posing, which is really only a tip of the iceberg of this whole speed posing thing that... I came up with that I actually have online. You can check it out at Mm speedposing.com. And it's been a little passion project of mine for, you know, how to get through weddings and shoots when you plan to have three hours, but now only have 20 minutes. That just happened to me this last weekend. See what happened? Was it hair makeup ran late or uh, just weather? just the bright, just the, yeah, kind of a combination. No, no, Dustin, of a who do you want to throw under the bus? Come on, pick somebody. <laughs> I'm going to pick. I don't, there's not really like one person, Steve. I mean, if they had had a wedding coordinator, that probably would have alleviated it. it would, so we just, yeah, just constantly ran behind. If I had to throw anyone under the bus, Steve, because I know how you like a good road, you know, bump with someone. <laughs> uh, I'd probably have to say the mother of the bride. Um, Ooh, she, Dustin. I know. That's family. Know. You she, can't do that. She she did not want to get dressed at the bride's house. Uh, she wanted to go back to the hotel and get dressed and... Uh, by going back to get dressed, um, it delayed the bride didn't want to get her dress on till the, her mom was back, and which then got us to the ceremony about twenty minutes late, and then so then the re- ceremony ran about half an hour over, and then they did an impromptu like, "Hey, let's do like dismissing Rose kind of thing." Oh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, we didn't allot time for that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> So, and of course, it catastrophic was like, domino effect. That's yeah, it was just it. a couple of things. You know, you lose 15 minutes there, 20 minutes here. And it's like, mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're like, all right, we've got 30 minutes. Let's do this. And you're wishing you had some pro photos to do this 
sunset I shots, was. you know what I'm saying? I, well, sunset was done and gone by the time we had picture time. <laughs> Slap some gels on and you just fake that sunset. Vanessa, have you had any experiences like the one Dustin just related? I mean, something happens at every wedding. There's nothing runs really on time. Whether very, it's just, very diplomatic, Vanessa. Very diplomatic. Yeah, I mean, and then sometimes it's totally my fault. So <laughs> this happened this year. It's so embarrassing. I have to admit this, but I was late for a first look because my GPS, instead of taking me to the park, took me home. Oh, and I only realized it about 25 minutes into the half an hour drive. And then all of a sudden I'm half an hour away from where I should be miraculously while I'm just having heart palpitations and freaking out miraculously the, the trolley that was taking the bride to the same location, you know, from preps to the park was also super slow. And my second photographer was there, thankfully, because her GPS functions apparently, (laughs) (laughs) But she was there and she just like set up and did the first look with the dad and then set up the first look with the groom. And I am like getting there as the bride is standing behind the groom and I'm like running up, slapping my lens on and just getting in on the action right away. Um, And I had to just speed pose that whole whole thing because it was just, you know, we had an hour and then it ended up being only 20 minutes. But we still photographed in 20 minutes, the entire bridal party, all the families and all the bride and groom stuff. So, Vanessa, who do you want to throw under the proverbial trolley with that one? Is it Google's fault, Apple's fault, Waze's fault? It was Waze. It was Waze. I know. I know. And, I mean, I'm sure it was just me and, like, I hit a button, but it was, it was, I was mortified. Mortified. I think it's just, that was, like, your phone's way of saying, you know, like, you need a mental health day. You you need to just go go home. home. (laughs) That's why you have the second photographer, right? You can just check out if you need to. Yeah, I'll just, you know, I think my phone needs to check in with my calendar before it decides to take personal days for me. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I've, I've only had like one situation like that happen. Uh, and I was second shooting, thankfully, um, in New York. And the it was like one of those where they got ready at a hotel that was between two major cities. Mm-hmm. And their, the church they were getting married at was like called St. Mary's like most common like Catholic church name ever. And so, you know, the photographer just like punched in St. Mary's and clicked the first one that was closest to the hotel and they were getting married at the other one. So it was like two that were like both 30 minutes in opposite directions of the hotel. No. And yeah. And I even asked her, I was like, do you want me to ride in the trolley with the, you know, the, the bridal party and she's like no you can just ride with me and i'm like okay and so we're like we got all the way to the other church and then we realized like okay we're an hour away from the ceremony now because <laughs> it's at the opposite church no what did you do well i've never seen a prius go as fast as i've <laughs> seen that prius go and she was like swearing <laughs> the entire drive no there. one's seen a prius go fast i mean just period <laughs> So, of course, we, we missed the entire, like, processional, like, them walking down the aisle. And they had just got to the end of the aisle uh, when we got there. And so we just kind of, like, she they didn't even realize we weren't there, which was the kicker. Um, and then she just, like, re- kind of restaged her and her dad walking down the aisle later. Wow. And, and the bride was, like, super chill about it, like, didn't care. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, That's I feel great. Like, 
Thank you, sweet baby Jesus, for that part. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, she was definitely, like, killing herself the rest of the day to, like, make up for it in case, like, she was just playing it off like she was cool Mm -hmm. with it. And, like, secretly she was, like, planning her lawsuit or whatever. (laughs) The review is going to be horrible. Yeah, just wait till I get my fingers on the (laughs) not.com. Wedding wire, watch out. (laughs) But, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, was it that instance that kind of spawned your passion project to get into the fast posing or it was like it just kind of a constant evolution of you're like, I need to be able to do more in less. There has to be a better way. You know, it's a combination of things. It was we have to do more in less time because that's just the life of a wedding photographer. And then on top of it, I was second shooting for other photographers and I realized that not everyone knows how to photograph and organize a family photo session with the photos in the correct order to make it flow as quickly as possible. I thought everyone knew this and apparently it, it goes from like traditional photography, which I was trained by a traditional wedding photographer. So I just, I knew it. I knew how to get through family photos in 10 minutes or less, but I realized other people don't typically So I I decided to start teaching it more often because family photos, man, they are painful if you're not doing them right. So have you gotten like a really good response from this class or is it like tomorrow, like the first initial launch of this? No, it, I initially launched it very privately just to my, my own list, my own email list. And it's pretty, I'm floored at the response. It, uh, people are loving it and getting emails. And the, the biggest thing that I like about it is that people are getting it, applying it. It's very easy to digest. I'm not giving you 75 hours of information that you'll never watch. I'm just giving you what you need to learn it. And then people are coming back to me saying that, oh my gosh, I did this. It impressed everyone I was photographing. I booked three more jobs just from it because, you know, I was quick and I was confident and people really, really liked it. And that's speedposing.com? Speedposing.com. Nice. And you you recently just did a spot on Raymond Hatfield's podcast, yeah. the Beginner Photography Podcast that I listened mm-hmm. to, all about speed posing. Yeah, he's one of them. He saw one of my earlier videos about it before I made it like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he posted about it on Facebook just talking about how he had a bride and groom session. And in this circumstance, he did not have a problem with uh, timing, but he still used the whole speed posing method so that he could get all the must-have photos done mm-hmm. right then and there beforehand. And then the rest of the time is just creative time. You know, you got your list done, the things that you know your bride wants, the things that the mom wants. And now you just get to be creative and do what you, you know, got into photography to do. <laughs> Which is what? What what did we get into photography to do, Vanessa? Well, I mean, I'd hope to be a little bit creative. I think photography is, you know, scratches that itch for a lot of us. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to pay the bills. <laughs> well, there is the whole putting food on your table thing. <laughs> I get that. Okay. At the end of uh, all of our episodes, we do Q&A, mm-hmm. just questions from listeners, stuff like that. Um, it's kind of a chance to not take ourselves so seriously and give some advice okay. to people. Um, is that something you want to do with us? Let's do it. Hey, guys. Christmas is fast approaching, and I know that you need gifts to send out to your clients, to your vendor friends, to the people who have referred you to other clients this year and let me tell you what we have got you covered that's right head on over to greetable.com that's g-r-e-e-t-a-b-l dot c-o-m you can send a personalized message with photos 
in a beautiful, high-quality printed box. It's a unique experience that's sure to get some love on Instagram, and who couldn't use some more love? Use code HANGOVER20 for 20% off your first order. That's H-A-N-G-O-V-E-R-2-0 for 20% off your first order. And guys, gots to get over there. You gots to get over there so fast. It is it is an unreal experience. It's going to blow your minds. I sent Dustin a greetable, and it was amazing. I sent him a stone shot glass, and Dustin sent me a greetable as well, and it was also amazing. Dustin's came in a beautiful box that had uh, little uh, bottles of beer on it, so it really fit me and my personality. It was a fantastic gifting experience, and I cannot recommend this enough to all of you out there. It's greetable.com, G-R-E-E-T-A-B-L dot C-O-M, and use code HANGOVER20 for 20% off your first order. Let's get back to the show. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... So the first question that we have for you comes from one of our listeners, Cortland A. Wilson. Okay. And he wanted to know what your process is for wedding albums. Oh. The pricing, structure, development, how you sell to your clients and stuff like that. That's kind of a big question. It is. And I'm going to try to package that for you. But so just a month ago, I changed it. So I will not photograph a wedding unless they're already buying an album. So that is a big one for me. It's a big change and I decided that I really wanted the album to be a part of the complete service that I give. Printed products are what lasts. As much as I, you know, give them the digital files in certain packages or they buy them, you know, their kids aren't plugging in a USB and their grandkids won't even know what a USB is. So the album is part of the the whole service that I offer. So it's in there and then I have them come in. I have a graphic designer who I adore in South Africa, actually. I'm very picky. I had to find someone in South Africa that I trusted to do these, these album pre-designs. But I sit with my clients and go over all these albums. And in two hours, we're done with their album designs. And most of the time, they're like double or tripling their album size, which is also awesome for my bank, my bank account <laughs> and the story. Honestly, the albums just look so much better now. And then, you know, three to six months after their wedding, all my clients have their albums. So there's no more nightmare of two and a half years later, they still haven't picked their pictures because I don't let them pick their pictures. I just let them adjust after. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So in the, in the pre-design, um, are these pre-designed spreads? They are pre-designed spreads and we go through them one by one and they can make whatever changes that they want or they can delete anything that they want and we make it theirs. Wow, that just seems like a lot of work. It's a lot less work, actually. Really? It really is because, I mean, I'm spending only two hours with them and finalizing their album design as opposed to 700 emails back and forth and changes back and forth and, you know, they cut down the album size and I'm not even making any extra money on it. Now it's faster and I'm making more money. Are you using a specific platform or program to do these album designs in to speed it up even better, more? I do. I use Fundy. Super fast. I I make the album corrections or changes right there in front of the client seamlessly. And then they they ask you like, God, this seems so easy. Why are we paying so much for this? (laughs) Because they don't have that program. (laughs) (laughs) You can't find this $79 program. No, you can't. Definitely not. Our next question comes from Christine from just a random Facebook group. Okay. Christine says, I'm five foot one inches. And if I don't bring a stepping stool with me, every shot I do of the bride and groom is from below chin level 
unless mm -hmm. I hold the camera over my head. I don't like holding the camera over my head because <laughs> it hurts my back. And I don't Naturally. like lugging a stepping stool around for the same reason. What can I do with my couples to solve this problem without causing lasting back issues? Wow, I feel like this would be a fantastic beginning to a commercial for mirrorless cameras. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because, I mean, she really is caught in a rock and hard place. I can tell her to sit her couples down, but they're going to want photos of her standing. I can tell her to find stairs where she can step up and the clients can step down, but sometimes that's not always available. So, I mean, if I were her, I would probably do a little bit of everything just so the, you know, pain is kind of alleviated. And then I would also do some yoga for photographers, maybe, which if you go to yoga for com, you might find a little gem there. I haven't really released yet. You, you are just like on the domain game. My goodness, Vanessa. I know. I don't know how people haven't snagged these yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Steven, I think Christine has a very easy solution mm -hmm. that she could approach and she probably hasn't even thought about this. Um, but if I was Christine and I was five foot and I was having back problems and I was questioning everything I was doing with my life, I would instead just purely target short couples. I would just go after the short market in a artful and tasteful way where you're short, like, Hey, shortbride.com. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm one of you come to me. You don't have that all is. the... Are you sick of photographers taking photos above your head? Like, don't you want eye level, you know, look at me in the eyes. Like, you know, game changer I, I right there. I the world as you do. Exactly. I'm going to help you plan the wedding as you see it. That's amazing. That's fantastic. That's, that's what I would do if I was Christine. I don't know what, Stephen, I don't know what you were thinking, but I definitely think. Well, you know, I think that, Vanessa kind of already answered what my approach to this would be. Earlier, when she said that, you know, on a windy day, you pull the umbrella out and you're just like Mary Poppins. So Christine just pulls that umbrella out. And now she's like five feet up in the air and she's just taking pictures, you know? Or now she's got to hold that camera down at foot level to take those pictures, you know? That's true. She's just bring a, an assistant with a drone and she's just, <laughs> oh my gosh. just holding a drone as she like levitates, you know, a foot off the ground. Yeah, that would work. Vanessa, have you ever considered like, learning to use stilts do you think that would be a, a, a thing that christine could do on a wedding day like i don't know how difficult that is i don't know why we didn't think of that solution yet i really don't that's like the obvious choice just walk around on stilts the yeah. day of the wedding maybe like your stilts are the color of the bridesmaids dresses so like you match and blend in really well yeah but also also what i'm thinking is if she does have the stilts and she gets some mirrorless cameras, like Vanessa was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Now she's in a position where she could be juggling mirrorless cameras while walking around on the stilts and taking pictures. And holding a photo umbrella at the same yeah. time. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is a full-service photographer now. Totally she, doable. Not only is she creating Im lasting imagery, she's creating entertainment. <laughs> she can now charge more. Gosh, we've got to get Christine on the podcast. We need to enlighten her. <laughs> change her business for the better. We have one last question. This one comes from Nate from the Facebook groups. Nate says, I've been shooting for a while now and I find I really struggle with shooting inside. I tell my clients I'm a natural light photographer and I don't use flash, but on a rainy day, I really struggle. So what are some ways to shoot inside without flash? And I want to preface this, Vanessa. A few years ago, I was at a conference in St. Louis and I took a class with you there's like a hundred people in the class you probably don't remember it but the class i believe was called natural light posing 
And on the day that we were doing the class, you wanted to take everybody out of the classroom, do some shots. And it just so happened it started raining right when that happened. (laughs) I know what class you're talking about. (laughs) And so you had to problem solve and figure out how to teach a bunch of photographers how to shoot when, you know, you don't have access outside. So that is why I included this question. See, I mean, you look for, look for your light. I think I remember that class. I remember we went by doors and we went by windows and we also went and used lights that traditionally are like ugly overhead lights. But if we positioned, you know, the body so that we had, you know, the face up towards the light, then we could use it a little bit more dramatic. Um, but there is another option. I'm actually sitting right next to these Westcott continuous lights. Um, they're flex panels and they're really cool. I mean, the amount of continuous light that you could throw out of this little like one foot by one foot light is incredible. Mm-hmm. So invest in one of these. I mean, they're a little expensive, but they're gosh darn bright. And they can give you some serious, serious light that will just help you. And you don't have to learn, you know, off camera flash for that might be a little bit of a smaller step to, you know, off-camera light versus off-camera flash. So you could try that too. I love too that you're in Adorama and you can just see the things you would I'm, I'm sitting here actually and I have a little bit of an audience right now too because people are starting to trickle in for my class. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to wrap this thing up, don't we? People getting a sneak peek, yeah. So Steve... Real quick, what would you say to Nate? Well, I mean, I took Vanessa's class, so I'd say what Vanessa just said. I literally (laughs) was thinking in my head, some of the things she said are exactly the things she said in the class. Like, we're going to use these ugly lights, but it's going to be about the way we pose them so that we get the most out of the lights so they're not ugly and stuff. And I remember that class very well in my head because it was very problematic what happened and the way Vanessa solved it was really cool. And uh, I felt like I learned a lot in that class. Hey, it's reality, right? That's what we deal with in weddings. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like that would be like a really worthwhile class because I feel like most workshop or like styled shoot type environments are like, hey, like let's let's give you the most ideal scenario. Right. But I think like what would be more useful is like, hey, you're in a gymnasium in uh-huh. the church that you're shooting at and like this is the only area you have to work in. Like let's make 15 beautiful images. There you go. I remember from that class, Vanessa made more than 15 beautiful images. She did a really good job. <laughs> throw that out so. there. Thank you. Perfect. Well, Vanessa, let's, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, can okay. you just, uh, it's been so great getting to chat with you. Can you tell our listeners like where they can go to find out a little bit more about you and some of the various things you've got going on? So the best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm at Vanessa Joy, or you can head to breatheyourpassion.com. That has a lot of the online stuff that I offer, both free and paid, you know, links to YouTube videos or, or anything else that I'm doing. Awesome. And she's really active on Instagram, guys. Like, that's yeah. where I love checking her out as far as like her behind the scenes Insta stories. She keeps that's it real. I, <laughs> I try. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Vanessa, thank you so much and enjoy, enjoy your Adorama class. Yes. Thank you. I got to hop off and uh, Mm -hmm. get, get a girl in a wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) Just another Tuesday. Just another Tuesday. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. Hey guys, Steve here. Just wanted to pop into the podcast real quick. It's conference season. You're going to a bunch of different conferences, a bunch of workshops. People at these conferences and workshops, they they need to know that you're cooler than them. And 
just going into one of those conferences or workshops, they're not necessarily going to look at you and know that. But if you get a wedding photo hangover t-shirt, now they'll look at you and immediately know that you're cooler than them. <laughs> or at least that's what I tell myself. When I put my wedding photo hangover t-shirt on and look in the mirror, it's a depressing tale of my life. But you're going to want to pop over there. Zazzle.com slash wedding hangover. There's not just t-shirts. We also got beer koozies. We got beer bottle openers. We got wine stoppers. If you look at the t-shirts, you don't just have to buy it in the colors that I picked out when I created everything. You can also shop around and for just a small uptick in the price, you can buy things, shirts in different colors. You can even buy different uh, styles of shirts if you want with the wedding photo hangover print on them. So it's really cool and we hope that you guys love it. And you know, if you don't, just uh, send those DMs straight to Dustin. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna wanna pop over there at zazzle.com slash wedding hangover. And there'll be links down in the show notes if you guys wanna check down there. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and mention that this episode we did with Vanessa Joy was the best and your favorite, so we know exactly where you came to us from. And also, that so Vanessa knows that you love her, too. If you want to connect, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. Underscore. And Steven is at Steven Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover group on Facebook. It's where all the best photographers, all the coolest people are hanging out. Take my word for it. That's true. Or don't take my word for it and jump in the group and find out for yourself and you're going to love it. If you really want to warm our hearts though, head on over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Oh, all right. Well, you and I, Stephen, are both insanely busy, so we need to get back to work. Goodbye, Dustin. Bye, Bye. Steve. I love what you guys are doing. It's like the perfect, perfect podcast. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!